chapter 1. I didn't write this down, but I want you to turn to it. And that is Colossians chapter 1 and John chapter 1. The text that we'll be looking at this morning, it's more powerful to sing for me than it is to preach. Sometimes when you deal with the miracles, and we're definitely talking about a mystery today, of when Jesus came to us as a baby. And I just, again, I feel so inadequate trying to preach this, trying to expose this, trying to get the message across, because I don't believe that this human will do it much justice. But I'll do my best. In Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. Now, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. I think the King James Version used the word betrothed. Is that correct? You're not looking. Okay, thank you. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiance, being a just man, decided to break engagement quietly. Break the break the, the engagement. So as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, and this was in the evening, it was on his mind, on his heart, he was broken in despair. He fell asleep. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary. For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she shall have a son. And you are to name his name Jesus. For he will rescue, he will redeem, he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophets. This is prophesied that a Messiah in the Old Testament would come. And 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 the prophecy went like this, verse 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife. Now, that's an interesting thing because they had already been through a legal engagement. Engagement during the Old Testament time was a betrothal. It was just as legal as if you were married, except they could not and did not come together in a sexual way. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until Jesus was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Now, turn with me to uh, Colossians chapter 1, 1 verse, verse 16. 
It was Jesus Christ, the one through whom God created everything in the heaven and the earth. Now, think about that a minute. If I believed, like a lot of the false religions believe today, that Jesus came to this earth and he didn't exist until he was born through Mary... Would I have difficulty with Colossians 1.16? Absolutely. Listen to it. Jesus is the one through whom God created everything on heaven and earth. Now, I know in your mind you go, well, now, wait a minute. That was the heavenly Father. Well, Colossians 1.16 says Jesus must have been there too. When would that be? That was in the very beginning before the earth was formed. Hmm. Jesus made the things which we can see and the things which we can't see. Kings and kingdoms and rulers and authorities. Everything has been created through him and for him. Isn't that interesting? Now, if Jesus just showed up after an afterthought of the Father, and that was just a good plan to send, the, the truth of that is Jesus was here way before the earth began. Now, you know why it's so difficult to preach on? How do you preach a miracle like that? Somebody come up here and explain to me how the Holy Spirit conceived or impregnated Mary. Please tell me how that happened. I don't have a clue. Now, one day, I think that's why Ephesians says, now we see through a glass darkly, but then one day we will know as we're known, and we will understand. Because right now, I'm honestly, it's hard to preach on this because I don't understand it. The things that I'm going to preach on, I do understand. And you will too. But that's a difficult miracle. It's a mystery to me how all that happened. Well, turn to John chapter 1. There are those who knock on your door, probably in a regular basis, unless you've made them mad or they've uh, dusted the feet off on you and they won't come back, who say that Jesus is not the, he's not God. He will accept that he's the son of God, but he was a prophet. He was, a, he was an angel. He was the brother of Satan. Now, that's what they believe. Well, listen to this verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word already existed. Who is that? Who's the Word? You understand that to be Jesus, and you're absolutely correct. He was with God, and it also says He was God. He wasn't a God. That's what the Jehovah Witness believe. He was the God. Now, you say, I don't understand how the Father could be God and Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit is God. Look, I told you, there's just going to be some things you've got to accept by faith, and you're going to have to wait till you get on the other side. But that's what the Bible teaches. Jesus had a Father, and the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and she conceived somehow Jesus into her womb. To me, I, that just blows my mind. I can't figure that out. I can't preach much about that other than telling you what it says because I don't understand it. I just believe it. I accept it by faith, and I know that it took place. 
In verse 3, it says, or verse 2, it says, Jesus was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. You know those deer that we're going to want to kill? That we're going to feed all those men in February? God made them. That big buck that you almost got because you're such a bad shot? You got to shaking, got so excited. Guess who made that deer? God did. Don't ever, don't ever miss this. God is through, and Jesus was God. Was, he, was Jesus the Father? No. But the Father was God, Jesus is God, and the Holy Spirit. Three distinctive personalities in one Godhead. Life itself was in him, and this life gives light to everyone. That light shines through the darkness, and darkness can never extinguish it. When we look at this situation in Matthew chapter 1, we see some weird stuff. One How did Joseph get picked to be the adopted father of Jesus? Now, you say, Mike, now, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus was, I mean, Joseph was Jesus' father. No, he wasn't. Couldn't be. Because Mary became a child Before Joseph, if the Bible's correct, and I believe it is, don't you? Before they ever had or even began to physically involve themselves. Now, unlike today, (laughs) most of us cannot stay, can stand and say, well, Mike, my wife and I, before we we didn't abstain. And I'd say, well, you and probably 99.9 of everybody else. Is that, was that right? No. But Joseph and Mary did. And so we have this predicament where we find Joseph coming into a knowledge that the one that he's engaged to is expected. Now, think with me just a moment. How many of you in here have children? Raise your hand. You've got kids. All right. How many of those kids are living at home right now? Raise your hand. We've got quite a few of those going on. Let's just say that your child was old enough to bear a child. Whether it be a boy old enough to be involved or your daughter being old enough to bear a child. And she came home and she said, Dad, I got something I need to tell you. And you'd go, "Uh uh-oh. Because dads think about this and mamas are worse about it than the dads. Especially if they got a boyfriend. Now, my youngest, one of my, not my youngest son, but one of my grandchildren came home and was having a dialogue with his grandmother. Nana said, Nana, I'm going steady. She said, what does that mean? That means me and her are going out. She said, okay, what does that mean? That means we like one another. She said, well, where are you going to go? He didn't know. Well, I've done something Nana hadn't done. I went to school last Friday, and I wanted to see who this girl was. (laughs) 
because it kind of was weird in there anyway, and I knew there was chitter-chatter going on, and so I said, McLean, show me which one it is. So he points all the way over the lunchroom. I said, which two or three hundred is it? And he got her fine-tuned. Well, I wasn't going to not take an opportunity to go by and shake her hand, let her know. She, by golly, you, you're going out with my grandson like they're going somewhere. I want you to know who I am. I looked her dead in the face, and I said, my name is Preacher Mike. She liked to crawled under the wall. Now, I don't know if they're still going together now because of that. I, I don't have a clue. But you see, you say, well, how old was Joseph anyway? Joseph was somewhere around 17 to 19 years old when he was engaged and betrothed to Mary. Now, how did all that happen? Well, we don't do that today. Wouldn't it be neat if you could just pick out the mate for your son or for your daughter? Because you see, that's what they did. That's how they were... Very at a young age, they were put together, promised to one another. I wonder how many of us would still be with the one that our parents put us with if they had their pick. Now, don't get me wrong, especially you teens and anybody in here, I think you need the blessing of your parents. Can I hear amen? amen. If you don't get that blessing, then I'm going to say you need to put it on hold for a little bit. Because there got to be a reason. And, and if you're a smart person, you want to know. And I think that goes in Dayton. I think that you ought to introduce, be willing to introduce your girlfriend, your boyfriend to your mom and dad. Or you're doing something you don't have any business at all doing. Because you don't want them to know. Now, I can understand why you wouldn't want to introduce them to a pawpaw like me. Because I'm going to ask you some weird questions. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. What do we know about Joseph? Well, we know that he, was, he eventually married Mary. We know that his trade was being a carpenter. Now, I'm kind of focusing in jo- Joseph because I identify him. When I was 16, I, I took on my tool pouch. I didn't even know how to put a tool pouch on. The guy, my, my ex-brother-in-law asked me, said, you know how to read a tape? I said, what's a tape? I'd never used anything like that before. He gave me a hammer as long as my leg. said, now, you're going to wear this no matter what you got to do. I toted lumber for 13 hippies. And that was a doggone this bunch of working crew. I, I couldn't even take a break. But I had to carry my, my uh, pouch on. And I realized that one day why I needed to do that. You see, Joseph not only was a woodworker, the Greek word used that we tells us about Joseph is tekton, T-E-K-T-E-O-N. It's a noun in the Greek that refers to someone who is, works with wood. He's a craftsman. Now, not everybody that is a carpenter is a craftsman. When I started, my goodness, you would not want to give me a saw. I'd cut my leg off. But I toted lumber. I did what you're supposed to do. I was a laborer until I learned what to do. Joseph was a carpenter. He taught Jesus most likely what history tells us. He taught Jesus how. Now, I want you to think about this a minute. And it hit me this morning about 4 o'clock when I was thinking about this. 
And you wonder why I have to go take a nap after I... Well, anyway, Jesus created the earth. He created the trees that are cut so a carpenter can take that. And Joseph was teaching Jesus, the creator. Now, isn't that weird to you? Am I just the only one that thinks goofy things like that? That that the father had a plan to send Jesus to a man to teach him how to be a carpenter when it was Jesus that made the wood in the first place. Isn't that weird? And then you wonder why in the temple, when Jesus in Luke 2 was by himself, He was teaching. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that Mary and Joseph were down the road. They didn't realize Jesus was gone until a day or so. And then all of a sudden, they go and they start panicking. They couldn't find Jesus. And they walk back and he's in the temple that they left preaching and teaching at 12 years old, confounding the religious leaders. And all of a sudden, Mother Mary walked up to Jesus and said, why are you, why'd you put us through this? He said, put you through what? She said, you and, the, you and your father, we've been looking for you. You were lost. He said, I'm not lost. I'm about doing the business of my father, his true father, 12 years old. Now, if my son had skipped town at 12 years old, when I was coming up, I'd have, we'd have had a powwow if I couldn't find him for a day. My wife would have went off the deep end. Y'all ever been to a fair and take your kids and, and, and you, you're worried about the crowd? And you, I'm talking about, you go, don't let my child get lost. Well, I remember my baby sister got lost. And it's one of the few memories I have of my family where over the loudspeaker in that time, they were announcing my, wife, my little sister's uh, name because she was lost. I, I often thought, well, what was my mama doing, doing anyway? Wasn't they watching after us? Speaking of slips of my tongue, last Sunday I had a slip. It was not Moses. It was Job that had ten kids. And of all things, I ask you, don't you ever read your Bible? Boy, I felt like a dummy. Because in my mind, I was thinking, Job, and I said Moses. Well, I also said, and I this is what I thought. That my mother had 10, or I don't know how many, I'm trying to count them all. But they all were alcoholics. It was my mama, not Cindy's mama and her brothers, all right? I got straightened out on that. But a lot of times I'm preaching and I, my mind don't connect up with my lips sometimes. And I say weird stuff. And that was definitely weird for them. You see, Jesus, uh, or Joseph... His father was Jacob. His family was uh, hometown was Bethlehem, Judea. He lived in Nazareth of Galilee. That meant when Joseph and Mary had to register Jesus when he was born, they had to walk approximately 95 miles in the wintertime to get him registered. Joseph was from the royal line of David. 
the Bible says he was most likely a poor man because when Mary went to register Joseph, they had to present a sacrifice. And if you had money, you presented a lamb. If you were poor, you presented a turtle dove. And Mary and Joseph presented a turtle dove for the payment of Jesus being registered. I personally don't believe that all carpenters are poor. But I also believe that there's nothing wrong if we're not on the top of the end. I just think it's interesting that when you go back and trace it, when Jesus came through, he didn't come through the wealthy line. Now, he came through a royal line, but he was, he was put in a family where there wasn't a lot of money. Everywhere you turned, it seemed like Jesus appealed to the poor. And the ones that were giving the hardest time were religious and rich. I might add, it's hard to be religious and understand what Jesus is talking about. And sometimes it's hard to understand what Jesus even did when you're rich because you don't care. You say, well, I'm rich and I do care. Well, good. You're one of the few. Let's look at, for just a minute, Joseph and his dilemma. The Bible tells us that when it comes to his dilemma, I believe we'd all agree that if your child came to you and said, Mama, at 17, we're going to have a child. Now, some of you are in here, and I got to be careful here. I'm not okay in what happened, but some of you that happened to. Does that mean that your life ended? It shouldn't have been ended. You know, sometimes we put such a dark shadow, and I'm not saying that's right, but we put such an overshadow on that. We teach our kids, especially our sons, don't you dare marry anybody that has children. That is, that is so wrong. Because if Joseph would have done that, what would he have done? He would have done like what most Jews do during that time in Hebrews. He would have, dis, he would have disfranchised himself from Mary. He wouldn't have had anything to do with Mary. You say, well, preacher, how do you counsel when, when young couples come to your office about having children? I said, I think it's the smartest thing. I'm not saying it's a biblical thing, but I think the smartest thing to do when you get married is give yourself a couple of years. Give you a couple of years to fuss and fight and get through all those rough edges as a couple. But see, a lot of you couples, and you know what, you, what more what I'm talking about, because I waited two years, you started right in just like Joseph and Mary. Right off the bat, you had kids. And, and so you don't know what it's like to be without children around. Well, guess what? You're going to. Cindy and I realized the other day, said, you know what? And so it dawns on you just as you're going through life. Our kids are gone. We're by ourselves. When the, my children were young, it just seemed like we never had any time. Now that my kids are gone, time just seems to be flying by. My, I get older every year just like you do, and it's getting quicker, it seems like. 
You see, Joseph had a, dis- he had a shattering discovery. Oh, he was excited about being the troth, and, and, and he, was, he was expecting to come together with Mary, just him, and, but, but something took place. And I'm going to tell you something, and I've learned this the hard way. You can make all the plans you want to make for your life. But sometimes God will throw you a curveball. Y'all had them curveballs thrown at you? Now, sometimes those curveballs of your own making. My daddy used to say, son, you're going to make your bed. And what is, what's the rest of that? You're going to have to lie in it. Well, I thought that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Well, sure, I'm going to lie in my own bed. Uh, yeah, until you get in an argument. And you don't get it worked out, and then the couch looks mighty comfortable. Been there a few times. We all have a way of having our hopes and our plans and our dreams fall down around our very ankles. Only to find out that it seemed devastating in the moment. Later on, it became a blessing. You see, when I look at the story of Joseph and Mary, that's what I see. Joseph was not a lazy man. I'm going to tell you something. One thing my daddy taught me, he didn't teach me a lot of spiritual things, Billy. He just didn't do that. My daddy, you know, he just, he just was a workaholic. One thing I learned from my daddy is he didn't care for any person being lazy, and especially me. When he said, now he could go in and watch a football game, he said, go mow the lawn. I wanted to say, won't you go mow the lawn? But I knew better. I just, my boys know, I may have not got a belt whipping, but I got, the tongue lashings were a lot worse than the belt whippings. I'd just rather you beat me to death and sit there and tell me all, all day what I've done wrong. Joseph not only was not a lazy man, but Joseph loved Mary. The Scripture says that he went, when he found out, and he knew the law, he was a man of the law, that if he wanted to, he could have had Mary put to death. Instead, the Bible says that he, rather than making Mary a public disgrace, he wanted to deal with her in a quiet manner, in a loving manner. They were in a great crisis, a time of trial. How many of you in your relationships as you've been going through life have found yourself in a time of crisis? If I'm not careful, the old Franklin comes out in me in a crisis, and rather than me being quiet, I'm the last thing of being quiet. I get loud. Don't mean to, and and I'll catch myself, but that's what I had modeled. The louder he yelled, the more I cowered it down. Joseph didn't laugh at her. You see, Joseph had a dream, second of all. And that dream is talked about in verse 20. As he considered this, before he went to sleep, an angel appeared to him as he fell into sleep in a dream. 
Joseph said, Son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage, Mary. For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Look, I don't know what Joseph and Mary did, but that to me is a high honor that the Son of God, that they picked them. Somebody had to do it, and that was an excellent pick because Joseph was a godly man. He raised little Jesus up as a godly witness and model before him. Joseph could have made three choices when it come to Mary. He could have publicly humiliated her and caused her to be put to death, Deuteronomy 22. He, second of all, could have divorced her quietly and walked away, leaving the child and Mary in shame and poverty. Or he could marry her, raise the child as if, his, as, as if it were his own, and basically the last option was rarely done by Hebrews. But that's what he chose. You see, Joseph thirdly had a decision to make. And that decision, he stood up and he became the man. Verse 24, when Jesus awoke out of that dream, he did what the the angel of the Lord commanded him and he brought Mary home to be his wife. And she remained a virgin until his son was born and Joseph named his son. Years ago, we started in our home, and Cindy makes this a part of preparation. Where are we going to have the Advent candle? Now, that sounds a little religious, bud, but we do it. And every time I take the Bible, and I like to take passages, but I realize that my grandkids ask every question of every word I ever say. And in the English version, sometimes you can get in some trouble. Well, what does it mean that Mary conceived? I had to ask your mom and daddy. Let them explain all that. You know, there are verses, and, and, and they don't make any beans about it, man. It, it gets complicated with small children. Go, what's that mean? What's it mean that Joseph didn't have intimacy with Mary until Joseph was born? I said, go ask your mom and daddy. They'll be glad to tell you. One summer, during a violent thunderstorm, A mother was tucking her son into bed. She was just about to turn off the light when her son asked with a trembling voice, Mama, would you sleep with me tonight? His mother smiled and gave him a reassuring hug and said, Honey, I can't. I have to sleep with your daddy. He thought for a moment, and then he said, blurted out, That big old sissy. (laughs) You see, Joseph had to make a difficult decision. Joseph was expected to step out on faith that what he heard that angel say was exactly what God wanted him to do. And the Bible says he obeyed it. He went ahead. He definitely wasn't a big sissy. Where many of us may have fallen apart had we found out that we were with child before You became husband and wife. Joseph accepted that responsibility and that truth that Jesus was a heavenly conception, not a human one. Well, I close with this idea. Joseph became a dad right out of the chute. 
And maybe that happened to you. Maybe you're older in life and you had children. And, and you started counting up and going, oh, my Lord, I'm going to be 55 before they leave the house. Well, we counted early, had early, figured early. I didn't want to be 65 with kids in the house. Not to say you can't do it. I just don't have the energy. Do you? At, at six, I don't have the energy I had when I was 20 years old. When I was 25, 28, man, I could go. Now I can't go like that. You dads, you know what I'm talking about. When you say, when your child comes to you and asks you a question, and the first thing you say is, go ask your mother. And, and I, that would inevitably, I'd go ask my mom, and you know what she'd do? Go ask your daddy. I'd go, wait a minute. One of you got to make a decision here. I'm sure all of you have heard your daddy say, oh, don't worry about it. All it is is a little blood coming out of the yard with a busted lip. I used to hear this all the time. Do I look like I'm made of money? You ever heard that? Do, do I look like that, that? Do you believe money grows on trees? I got so tired of hearing that coming up. No, I don't believe money grows on trees. It's in your pocket. Let me have some right now. As a dad, maybe you've heard, I'm not just talking to hear my voice rattle. I'm not talking just to hear my teeth chatter. You ever heard that? Boy, I heard it a lot. I heard this all the time from my dad. A little dirt never hurt anybody. Just wipe it off. Go on, eat it. Practice the 10-second rule. Chomp it down. Apple covered in mud. I'm supposed to, whatever. Oh, this is, have y'all ever traveled on a long trip and the kids ask you, are we there yet? And dad said, no, we're not there yet. Have you ever heard this? Don't make me stop this car. Y'all ever heard that? You want me to spank you now? Like I'm going to say, yeah, go ahead. Rip and snort, wear me out. I'm not going to do that. That's the dumbest question I ever heard my dad ask me. Well, you see, believe it or not, as weird as it might seem, Jesus grew up with parents that were normal. Now, they may have not had cars and they rode on donkeys. But a lot of those same questions, a lot of that same stuff went in the normal household. Jesus came to identify with you and I. Joseph accepted the role of being the adopted father of Jesus. You know, when I was in Bethlehem, I say this in closing, we'd have every year a live nativity scene. And I'd always get the opportunity to be able to pray or say something. And, and, and we always had people come from all over in Bethlehem. Not only did they come and postmark your Christmas cards, but we'd always have, when we'd join with the Methodist church, and we would do the live nativity scene. Joseph walks out so di- distinguished in his robe. He just stands there. He don't ever say nothing. He don't ever sing a song. 
He don't ever give a gift. He just stands there. Isn't it weird how little is said in the Bible about Joseph? Do you know that Joseph probably did not get to see the the, the active 30-ish, when he was in his 30s, ministry of Jesus? He was probably already gone. Mary gets a lot of credit, and Mary should have got a lot of credit. But not a whole lot said about old Joseph. But God, the Father, and Jesus chose Joseph to name him as Jesus and to be the adopted father. That was God's plan for Joseph. He was a carpenter. I want to ask you one simple question. God's given you a plan. God has you in his mind. And your plan is just as important as any other plan that God's given anybody else. You may not see yourself very significant. You may be a very quiet person. But nonetheless, God has a plan. And I think that number one plan is for you to accept the son that he went through great Difficulty, getting here, protecting him to where he could die on an old rugged cross so you could be forgiven and that I could be forgiven and that when I die, I have a guarantee. You see, your role as a father, your role as a grandfather, your role as a child, as a son, as a daughter is so important. Because you see, God has a plan for you too. And sometimes I don't see my role anymore as a significant as what I did when my children at home. I even said to Cindy, I said, do you ever get to feeling like sometimes that your role's not important? Or maybe we're a little bit And then the answer came to me, no. Do ne- that's, that, that's the same enemy that spoke in the minds and the hearts of those around the cross that told them that this truly was not the Son of God. Because, see, your life is important. Your testimony is significant. And what you do with it is so important, even when your kids are gone.